Hello and welcome to another episode of Monsters May Vary. Tonight we are going to talk about a town in Pennsylvania called Gettysburg. And a lot of people might actually know about it. And from the details that we've seen, and I'm sure most people would assume, it's very much haunted. So they had the whole Battle of Gettysburg. And there were a lot of war, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of loss. A lot of anger and stuff that might actually tie people to the area. So it's safe to assume that, like I said, it's hella haunted. And I think Corey actually has some information on, like, what the Gettysburg battle is. So we can jump in. All right. I know what some of you are thinking. But guys, you're not a history thing. Well, as she said, we're talking about the haunted side of the thing. Um, for those who don't know, the Gettysburg, the Battle of Gettysburg, was a three-day battle during the American Civil War <laughs> between the Union and the South Confederates. Right. Now I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, great, a history lesson. We're going to dive into the part that really stems to why everything's so haunted in Gettysburg. It could be the fact that, as Heather said, there's a, there's a lot of hatred during this battle. Um, but the big part is the fact that there was a total casualty loss of 46,000 and 51,000 casualties between the two armies. Um, that was nearly one third of the troops engaged in this, in this battle, this three day battle. Um, the Union, which was the Army of Northern Virginia, which was led by General George Meade, Fun fact, I went to my MOS school there at uh, Army Base in Virginia that's named after uh, General Meade. Um, very, very cool place, actually. But I digress. Uh, the Union Army had a casualty loss of 23,055 troops. Of those, that number, 3,115 were killed. 14,531 were wounded, 5,369 were either captured or went missing. The Confederate side um, is more of an uh, estimate. Um, many authors have referred to as many as 28,000 Confederate casualties. Um, the Confederates, their casualty count is a little bit more difficult. Many authors have referred to as many as 28,000 Confederate casualties. Um, one group of uh, more recent work in 2005, Regimental Strengths and Losses at Gettysburg by Bousset and Martins, um, documents 23,231 casualties for the Confederate Army, 4,708 were killed, 12,693 were wounded, and 5,830 were captured or missing. Wow. Um, there were, I mean, a third of General Lee's, who was the um, Confederate um, general, a third of his generals were killed, wounded, or captured. Um, the casualties of both sides during the entire campaign were 57,225. Um, and it kind of breaks it down per, like, uh, 
like different um, regiments that were in each one. Like for instance, and this one I thought was weird. Okay, in the Union Corps, First Corps had six hundred sixty-six people die. Of course, it was six six six. Yeah, I, I thought that was really, really, really odd. Um, it's really freaking random for something terrible, and it's like apocalyptic like right. symbolism. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, the that wasn't even the largest number for the Union. The Union's second corps actually lost the most number of uh, uh, soldiers at 797 were killed. Um, for the Confederates, their largest number was actually from the Third Corps, which lost 1,724 uh, soldiers. And I'm guessing that somewhere throughout Gettysburg and everything with all the hauntings, that there's probably a lot of talk of a lot of horse, like sounds of horses, like trotting or, you know, Name. Fun fact: Both sides combined for three to five thousand horses killed. Oh, poor horses! Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of them died. Yes, it's like they're galloping uh, and they stuck around. That is where we're at. That is uh the main main little uh, snake bits about the uh the aftermath. Of this, uh, as some would say, one of the most influential battles in um, the Civil War. So we've got that it caused a bunch of heartbreak for families of different soldiers. There was blood, there was gore, there was all sorts of things. So pretty much all of the makings to make the perfect haunting. And you throw in 666, so therefore you already know it's a bad, bad thing. Right. So, well, um, and, and add to it, this battle actually took place, like, all throughout, like, inside the town of Gettysburg, side areas. There was even one of the main strong points for this battle was Cemetery Hill. And Cemetery Ridge. Creepy. That's a foreshadowing. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Did you find anything on those places? Because I didn't look that. I didn't, but while you're talking about the other stuff, I will definitely take a look at them. Just because it sounds kind of interesting. And it kind of actually reminds me of one of mine that I've got here. And it, well, like I said, first of all, pretty much all of Gettysburg is haunted. Like, I don't think there's a place in there that probably isn't. And honestly, I think it's a bucket list thing, guys. We need to do this. The first stop in Gettysburg would be the Devil's Den. It is a natural rock formation on the grounds of the battlefield. And it was basically a strategic asset to the troops of the Civil War. Um, it was named after local residents believed that a large snake was in it. Um, the accounts of the snake range from 8 to 15 feet, and it earned the nickname the Devil. 
and visitors to this historic landmark have reported hearing sounds of drums and gunshots and also seeing barefoot, shabbily dressed man um, who is asking for directions. And some have said they felt like their hand was being held. Uh, one of the most popular stories that came from this area was when visitors try to take any kind of pictures. It obviously, because why not, causes all sorts of malfunctions in technology, just like we have every time we do a freaking podcast. <laughs> it's like, we're just going to break because we're talking about ghosties. Um, but another story that actually talks about the barefooted man um, was back in 1880, and it was a local war, and it included odd happenings of this area, like, in the early 1970s, a woman said that she had gone to the Natural Park Service Information Center to inquire about the possibility of ghosts on the battleground. And one visitor accounted for sighting of the Devil's Den. The visitor quickly explained that she had been out on the battlefield that morning so photographing the scenery. She had stopped her car at the Devil's Den and gotten out to take some pictures. Uh, she said that she walked onto the field of smaller boulders, which were scattered in front of the den itself, and had paused to take a photo. Just as she raised the camera to her eye, she had the uncomfortable feeling that somebody was standing actually right behind her. But when she turned around, she wasn't expecting to actually see somebody there, you know, that creepy feeling again, and you're like, oh, nobody could be quick. But she turned around and she saw a man had approached her out of nowhere. And she described this man as looking like a hippie with long, dirty, ragged hair, um, ragged clothing, big floppy hat, and noticeably he had no shoes. He looked at her and he said, what you are looking for is over there, and he pointed over behind her. The woman turned her head to see what this guy was pointing at, and when she looked back, he was gone. There were there was no trace of him anywhere. And then a month or so later, the same ranger was on duty at the information dock when another sort of photograph photographer had come in and asked about almost the same questions. He had been taking pictures of the devil's den and then he saw a man who wasn't there and described the same guy from the nineteen seventies. And mentioned his long hair, old clothing, the fact that he was barefoot. Now, most likely the same guy. I don't foresee two ghosts looking identical, but it's possible. Uh, twins. Maybe. Like, or maybe, like, what if it's like a parallel universe thing? Like, different timelines oh. within timelines. And it's a little freaky. <laughs> So you never know. But uh, some visitors that have seen this man might have actually mistaken him from a Civil War reenactor. And they didn't pay much attention to him because, you know, thinking he's just walking the grounds as part of the show, really. They're not going to take too much time trying to figure out who he was or why he was there. Uh but pretty much, I think he does not like his photographs taken, so he messes up the stuff, and you don't get to see him on camera. 
but there are plenty of people that actually say they've seen the same exact thing. Oh, and they hear, like, whooping of Indians and gunfire and other stuff around there, so it's pretty interesting. Barefooted hippie and all the noise and sounds like a fun place to go and it's called the devil's den like what wouldn't draw you to actually want to go visit this place <laughs> i mean we've already got the foreshadowing of the fact that there were 666 and one side that got dead <laughs> so while we're on our trip to Gettysburg, I also looked into a place called Sax Covered Bridge, S-A-C-H-S. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. But anyway, it's situated on the Marsh Creek, and it offers a beautiful walk through nature and a lot of hiking opportunities. So you can go down the quiet creek, and you can view the beautiful bridge from afar, or you might just hear the little clomp, clomp, clomp of ghosty horses because, you know, there were so many of them that got unalived in Gettysburg. And But anyway, <laughs> that bridge was built in 1854, and it's located on Waterworks Road, just off of a pumping station road, wherever that is. The beautiful covered bridge was built in 1854 by David Stoner. And was used by the bridge was used by both Union and Confederate troops as they crossed over Marsh Creek during the Battle of Gettysburg. In 1938, Pennsylvania Department of Highways declared 100 declared the 100 foot long covered bridge to be one of the most historical important covered bridges in the entire state. Despite its historical significance. The years had taken its toll on the bridge, and in 1968, it was closed to all vehicle traffic. In 1980, it was placed on the National Register of Historic Places, but it took all the way until 1991 before steps were taken to restore the bridge to its former glory after it actually was, you know, destroyed. Um in 1996, a flood swept the bridge off of its um, posts. Steel beams were placed. Steel beams were placed, and the bridge was sat on them, raising it another three feet above the flowing water so that it didn't happen again. And it actually played a role in the American Civil War because it was you know, main travel for a lot of them. So, of course, it's got a lot of ghost history. People say that they see full-bodied apparitions of soldiers, and they feel strange touching or hair pulling and hear eerie voices. And yeah, there's it be like some strange touching. Yeah, and strange voices. <laughs> Just to make things weird. <laughs> Especially coming from behind you. <laughs> Anyways. Legend has it that three Confederate soldiers were hung from Sack's covered bridge during the American Civil War. And like I said, many of the visitors claim that they see them there, but also that they are hanging. 
And they think that one of the reasons that they could have been hanging is that they were like a deserter for their unit and were caught and hung. Pretty much strung up for being abandoners or whatever you'd call them. Deserters. The other theory suggests that the three soldiers were actually spies and that they were hung from the bridge because basically they were just caught spying. Now that we've seen a few places around Gettysburg, some may be getting sleepy, so the logical thing to do would be to go to a hotel for the night and get some rest before you begin finishing up your tour of the historic place of Gettysburg. There are definitely a few options to choose from when choosing which ghosts you want to spend the night with. First, we have the Tilly Pierce House Inn. Before, er, born in 1848, Tilly, Tilly Pierce would live and die in Pennsylvania. Her dad was a butcher, and she was the youngest of four children, and they all lived above their father's butcher shop. On many occasions, they heard rumors that rebels would raid their home, and, you know, it was just rumors, but it was something that they were all kind of nervous about, and these kids were frightened of anyway. And then in June of 1863, the town's fears became a reality when Confederate forces reached the area with unit tr Union troops during, with Union troops doing all that they could to keep the Southerners at bay. Many years later, Tilly would write a book about the events that unfolded when the war actually hit near her, and that book is actually titled At Gettysburg or What a Girl Saw and Heard of the Battle, A True Narrative, where she recounts the bloodshed she actually witnessed and the action she took to play a helpful role during these horrific times. So her parents had actually sent her to a neighbor's, um, a place called the Wakert, Wakert Farm, and they considered it to actually be a safer location, and Tilly was only 15 at the time. So, of course, she listened, and then she had her first terrible experience, and in her book, this is what she called it. She wrote, first came a long line of cavalry, then wagon after wagon passed for quite a while. After we sang patriotic songs as they moved along, some of the wagons were filled with stretchers and other articles, and others we noticed soldiers reclining, who were doubtless in some way disabled. It was between 9 and 10 o'clock when we first noticed firing in the direction of Seminary Bridge. At first the sound was faint, but then it grew louder. Soon the booming of the cannon was heard. Then great clouds of smoke were seen rising beyond the bridge. The sound became louder and louder, and now in incessant. The troops passing us moved faster, and the men now became excited and urged on their horses. The battle was waging. This was my first terrible experience, she wrote. I could remember hearing some of the soldiers remarking that there was no telling how soon some of them would be brought back in those ambulances or carried back on stretchers. I hardly knew what it meant, but I leaned forward. Even before the day had passed, it was almost noon and the last of the train had passed, and I began to think, of dinner and the folks at home. Now, I couldn't actually imagine being a 15-year-old girl and being stuck in this, and actually the fact that, you know, she actually played a big part in it, because after the fighting war, after the fighting broke out among the Union and Confederate forces, it wasn't long before, you know, she found herself surrounded by these wounded 
and these injured, and they were brought in from the streets. These men soon filled the house in the barn, and then she grabbed a bucket, ran to a spring, filled it with water, and returned with clean water to tend to these wounds of these soldiers. So at 15, she's running around playing nurse. Um, more and more injured men began, began piling up, and all through the night, Tilly dressed wounds and tried to comfort these guys. And she showed more courage and selflessness than, like, some men. She amputated injured arms, amputated injured arms and legs, sewed up bleeding gouges and dressed wounds. You know, just all things that she shouldn't have really had to deal with. So I was actually pretty impressed when reading about her. I thought it was a pretty interesting spot, and I would like to actually go see it. Um... There are ghost hunters that have been here, and they hope to catch a poltergeist or two, and there are actually a few there. And the most haunted room in this inn is what they call the Blue Room. Isn't that ironic? Melinda. Um, Why? It's been, the Blue Room is the most haunted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a blue room. I didn't think about it being the most haunted. Yeah, it used to be the most haunted. That's for sure. <laughs> um, the blue room is said to be inhibited, inhabited by soldiers who were once treated by Tilly. And you can hear their, them marching through the halls and in the attic above. Um, patrolling troops have wit were witnessed by guests. Uh, one apparition that wanders up and down the stairs. Um, a lot of them have left there actually being afraid because they've seen a ghost sitting on the edge of their bed. That would scare me. Yeah, I've had that happen before. It's not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> um, ghostly children have been encountered playing within the bed and breakfast, and then they vanish right before the guest's eyes. And there's even a ghost of a cat that they see walking around. None of them have actually seemed to be negative in any way. Like, none of them have went after people or attacked anyone. They all seem pretty peaceful for what actually happened there. And they're helpful and friendly to all that visit the inn. I'm not sure how they're helpful. I didn't really say, but as long as they're not hurting anybody, I'd say that's helpful enough. <laughs> and if we don't want to go stay with Tilly and her soldiers, we can always go to the Hoffman Mansion. And it was a private home in Gettysburg that was actually converted into a makeshift field hospital when the battle reached its grounds. It's thought that the spirits of the Union soldiers still take up residence in the mansion and visitors of the site have reported hearing disembodied voices and seeing apparitions of soldiers. It is also rumored that the daughter of the man who owned the mansion hung herself in the attic after learning that her lover had cheated on her. So her spirit is said to be in the attic and it makes its appearance in photos like as orbs or light anomalies. And you can actually rent the Hoffman Mansion for private ghost hunts. And actually, I think it's pretty much driving distance. 
we could get to Pennsylvania within like a day. Oh, easily. Thank I could you. drive from uh, New Vernon, or from where I was stationed in uh, North Carolina and back one day. Well, I could drive there in one day. <clears throat> so yeah, we should definitely run that and go see that and do that. Um, but the Hoffman Mansion mysteriously burned down between 1998 and 2000. The exact year couldn't actually be confirmed. And all that remains is the caretaker's house and the cemetery. The cemetery has a large number of children's graves, so no information can be found to explain their deaths. Oh. There are several stories of an apparition, apparition of a little girl swinging on a swing. Another source states that in the 1920s, a man named Hoffman took several boys into his home and went into a rage, killing all the boys and then himself. It is said that the boys are the children buried in the cemetery there along with Hoffman. There are also several reports of people hearing someone running through the woods, strange voices, and the sound of footsteps in the mansion. One source blames the caretaker for all the murders. And During the summer, the Hoffman family ran a camp for children. The children would play and have fun, camp activities before school started, and then they would turn in for their tent, turn in their tents and campfires for backpacks and textbooks. One summer, the caretaker decided to do something dreadful. In the heavily wooded area, he tortured and murdered the children at the camp. No one would ever hear their cries for help, so the caretaker hung himself, whether out of guilt or whatnot, but the tree still sits in the cemetery close to the Hoffman Mansion. So it apparently went through a fire and then was rebuilt for construction or something because it definitely listed it as some place that we could check out. So I don't know. Um, and if you don't want to go see Mr. Hoffman, if that doesn't sound very fun, going and seeing ghost children, because honestly, I think children ghosts are the most scary. I don't know why, but I just, I don't trust them. Children <laughs> <laughs> of the corn. Perfect example. Mad I know. So if you don't like that, you can always stay in the Gettysburg Hotel. Now, this hotel was established first in 1797 and it's located in the heart of downtown historic Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The hotel initially started as a small tavern in what was, what is now Lincoln Square. So, there is a site where the tavern was a makeshift medical room. And it helped when the battle site was overflowing with wounded and dying victims. A former York County Sheriff purchased the tavern and named it the Little Indian Queen. However, this name changed in 1846 when it became the McClellan's, McClellan's Brothers. In the 1890s, someone else bought the tavern, and that new owner wanted to replace the tavern and create Gettysburg Hotel. This hotel quickly became a very nice place, very popular, because they were one of the first that actually had a lot of the fancy amenities, such as hot and cold baths, electric lights, and steam heat. And they even had a restaurant, 
So it was a pretty popular place. It was pretty classy, upscale. Um, in 1955, it became an extension of the White House when President Eisenhower was in Gettysburg, recovering from a heart attack. He and his wife were among the last of the guests before the hotel closed its doors down. In 1983, it was ravaged by a fire, but in 1991, it was restored and reopened. So that's why it's still standing, because they thought it was worth saving. So even the hotel itself has been through so much trauma. In Gettysburg Hotel, it, as I said, was used as a makeshift hospital. Oh, on the grounds as opposed to in the building. Yeah, I think a lot of the death happened more or less outside of these buildings. Like, you're going to get a few straggler ghosts, but pretty much if your land is haunted, you're haunted. Right. It's like really not any getting around that. But some of the haunted, or some of the things haunting the Gettysburg Hotel is the spirit of a woman. It is a woman that is dressed in timepiece nurse uniform, and they call her Rachel. She also makes her rounds on the streets of Gettysburg looking for soldiers that need tending to. She is also known to go through guests' belongings, removing clothing and drawers, turning on lights, turning off lights. And some people have actually seen a woman dancing in the ballroom. They don't know who she was, and she vanishes, too. And there is also a ghost of a Union soldier named James Cuddle- James Culbertson, Company K from Pennsylvania Reserves. And he was a much-respected soldier and died. <laughs> He was a much-respected soldier, and he's still said to actually roam the halls of the hotel after his death. What was his name? His name was James Culbertson. Spell the last C-U-L- C-U-L-B-E-R. Okay, I was checking to see if, by chance, there was any information on him on the wiki page that I have on the Battle of Gettysburg to see if there was anything notable about him. Uh, yeah, but he's still hanging out at the hotel, and the legend is that Culbertson was brought to the makeshift medical tavern during the Battle of Gettysburg. Um, despite many attempts to return to the battlefield, he actually succumbed to penetrating gunshot wounds hours after it happened. So I just keep picturing a guy that's like literally laying there dying and just wanting to jump back in. That's kind of what vibes it gets like. You know, FOMO. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Guests have also, over the years, reported seeing a pale and faint-looking spirit of a man dressed in Civil War attire, saying that he appeared to have a bloody hole in his torso, which is pretty consistent with the Culbertson. Um, his Culbertson's Spirit is also known to speak and remark about wanting to join the battle and keep fighting. So, see, he wasn't happy with the fact that he didn't get to see it through, I don't think. And that's probably one of the reasons he's tied here, because, you know, unfinished business, he didn't get to do it. He felt responsible for it and didn't get to finish it out. 
So I get it. Um, also in the ballroom with the dancing lady, some people say that they see other Civil War soldiers pretty much surrounding her like they figure that they probably serve as some sort of ghostly protection. I'm not sure what they'd be protecting her from or whatever, but all I'm picturing is a girl just minding her own business dancing and a bunch of soldiers standing there guarding for whatever's going to try to attack her. I don't know. But a former employee of the hotel claimed that while in the basement one evening, he heard a set of footsteps behind him. And when he turned around, a dining cart was that was used to haul dinnerware began rolling on a flat surface, like moving right in front of them. And it turned around completely and came to a stop. So these ghosts are there. They're moving stuff. They're making their presence known. So, you know. I think we'd get a lot there, too. And last but not... You make that a few-day trip. <laughs> oh, I a plan on, like, if we go, we need to stay, like, a week. A week. So, the last place I have that we can go is the Jenny Wade house. And Jenny is the only civilian that died in the Gettysburg Battle. Oh, nice. Mary Virginia Wade was born in Gettysburg in 1843. And she grew up in a house with her family that was located on Baltimore Street. And she was actually called Jenny. In 1863, when she turned 20, she was living with her little sister, Georgia, and her brother-in-law, Louis, and her baby nephews and niece in a one-unit brick house, and the owner of the structure lived in the other unit. Jenny also had a love of her own named Jackson Jack H. Skelly, who actually became a corporal and went into the, you know, war. Uh, Jenny and Georgia, they had kind hearts along with the owner of the building, that Susan McLean, and they let orphan children from the nearby orphanage escape, like, whatever abuse was going on there because they'd always run over there, and they'd come and play and eat and have good times there and pretty much have better life there than what they had before, so... They get to go visit and see people that actually cared about them. So that was a pretty nice thing. But, Corey, you seem to know a little bit about her. You want to talk about her? I actually, um, the only thing that I seen while I was doing some research was that she was the only civilian that actually died um, during the Gettysburg War. Or Gettysburg War. Gettysburg Battle, um, they, uh, her family had buried her in the front yard, and about six months later, unburied her, moved her to one cemetery, and then a few years later, moved her to a different cemetery. Why? I don't know. They didn't tell me any reasons on the thing I was reading, but uh, for those of you who don't know, anytime you unsettle a buried body, you cause a lot of disturbance for the spirit. And 
That might be why she haunts areas. So, um, one thing I did find, uh, Jenny being the first civilian, she was basically in her house. She was minding her own business. She was baking a freaking loaf of bread. And all of a sudden, a cannon came in through a window and got her. Oh, God. That's, That's how she died. All she was doing was making freaking food in her own kitchen. Casualties of war. Like, I just, ugh. I couldn't imagine just thinking you're just going to have dinner, and then all of a sudden you're just dead. Hear a cannon go off, look up, and... <clears throat> yeah, but, that, that's rough. I think, honestly, that surprise attack is probably the worst one for me, because yeah. I had no idea. And being a civilian, I mean, especially in a, uh, you know, a military conflict, that, that is the worst thing to, you know, witness is, you know, civilian casualties during, you know, combat. Well, and not to mention her significant other was also off fighting in this battle, so... Right. Like, what was he thinking? And, you know, that was probably rough. I think all of it's rough. That whole battle's rough. It was a tough oh, yeah. thing. But, but definitely, we're going to have to go back with that one day. And, and I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking what we do is a couple nights we stay at, you know, the hotels, but we have to go camping on Cemetery Hill, if that's a lot. Um, because as you were doing that, I was doing some some searching, and I uh, found a a little snippet from a book, um, and it talks about the haunted hill, aka Cemetery Hill, um, which is just south of Gettysburg, the city. Um, it is Cemetery Hill is notable among the entire battlefield because. It was an area that some of the fiercest and bloodiest parts of the battle were fought. Bodies of fallen soldiers laid in the July heat to rot for such a long period of time that tales of the haunted hill started before long. Um, gunshots at night, cannon blasts in the distance, drums, trumpet signals to charge, or the commands of fallen soul, uh, fallen commanders are heard echoing in the night. These are all the common haunts heard from many parts of Gettysburg where battles were fought. Um, it's not just sounds, however. This particular spot actually has significant amounts, uh, has had a significant amount of reports that say the haunting after Apparitions don't always appear by sound or by sight, but also smell. So all those bodies that were rotting in the sun, cooking in the sun, are said to be able to be smelled. Mm. Um, and if that's not enough, there's tales of a ghostly soldier that tries to interact with people. Many think or still believe that it's someone in a reenactment outfit trying to act the part. And right up until they believe him full on, right up until he walks away and seems to disappear into the cemetery grounds. 
Definitely, definitely a lot of things there, but I definitely prefer the smell of Jenny's house because actually they say that, well, it was set up as a museum, and I forgot to say that. But people can smell like baking bread. I prefer that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the little sneak bit that I got for the Cemetery Hill there um, is actually from the book Desert Shadows by Joshua. Do, I'm going to apologize. Dwight D O W I D A T. Dwight Um. So yeah, bunch of different. Lots of places I we know. can go. I hope that we have entertained you with tales of Gettysburg and the places you can go while you're visiting. So if any of you guys out there have any experiences in Gettysburg, please let us know. Um, we'd love to hear about it from you guys um, or read about it. You can shoot it to us by email. Um, MonstersMayVary at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter and Instagram and TikTok that is very low managed. We really need to get on that. But we would love any kind of stories you have on historical historical hauntings of Gettysburg or anything else you can think of. We like history. We like we like seeing what happened and why things are haunted. So if you have any information on that, we're interested in that too. Definitely. Um and also check out our Facebook page, Monsters Mayberry on Facebook. Um and shoot us a message there if you you know, if you have any experiences that you'd like to talk about. Definitely, definitely. But until next time, stay spooky, my friends. Good night. <laughs>